Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. And at the front of our minds on this episode is the topic of valuations. And I certainly got a story to tell. But Simon, I know on your purchase, you've also got a story to tell around valuations. So we're going to get into that in one second. But before we do, we know we've got a number of listeners and we are very grateful to you all. We'd be even more grateful if you could just scroll down on your podcast player of choice and leave us a little cheeky rating, whatever you choose. And if you want to leave a review, please do that too. We'd love you if you could do that for us. It really will help us to hopefully just spread the message of property education and just property interest further and wider. So uh, that's our request. Now back to the topic in hand today, which was valuation. Simon, tell us what's happening with your property purchase and valuation. Well, it's been a little bit of a, a saga. I'll try to recap it relatively quickly so nobody falls asleep. So this is a property purchase that started back around mid-June. And of course, I, I'd already spoken to my mortgage broker, so I knew that the kind of parameters I was working within, but got that mortgage process and application kicked off pretty much straight away. We had a couple of bits to clarify. In fact, I think it was probably the following week we actually kicked off the, the proper mortgage application. So it, it started fairly promptly in the purchase process and, and has been going on for, for a while now. However, it hasn't been entirely smooth sailing. So it started off well. The process seemed to be going okay. They booked a, a surveyor to come out and do a valuation. And that went okay. I, I should say that this property is one that needs some work. I knew it needed work. And my offer, well, the first offer I put in was, was lower than this, but the, the offer that got accepted was in the end about 10% below asking. And I think the asking price was very optimistic. I think that that's what it would be if it was in perfect condition. So, so the fact that it's not, I think, 10% reduction is about right to cover the, the, the repairs and refurb that, that's needed. So back to the, the mortgage surveyor, they came out, did their valuation, and they said, okay, we think it's probably worth what my offer is when it's done up. <laughs> and, and they said, but it's in a terrible state. And there's one room in particular the, the ensuite in this house that that needs quite a bit of of well fixing, uh, and they said so. We think when it's done up, it's only going to be worth what you're paying for it. And this room's in a terrible state, and we think that's going to cost ten thousand pounds or more to put right. So we will only lend this, or we will only provide this mortgage to you if you can prove we're wrong and prove to us that you can actually fix this room for less than five thousand pounds. So I then had to, to go out and arrange a, a builder to go in and look at it to actually provide me a, an official written quote. And, and there's a bit of story behind that, which I, I won't actually go into details of today. But suffice to say, it wasn't all that easy to arrange between vendor and agent and what have you. And in the end, I managed to get that quote from the builder just under £5,000, choosing to cut a few corners. In, in what they were suggesting, but it was under £5,000 and got it submitted back to the mortgage lender, I think with three days before their deadline for pulling the, the, the product from me. 
So just about got that in. And they, rather than saying, okay, it's under five grand, we'll just carry on, as we said before, they sent it back to the surveyor and said, okay, what, what do you think now? And, and the surveyor has now revised their valuation and said, well, actually, now we think it's only worth £5,000 less. So they, they basically deducted the, the cost of the, the, the fixing, um, which wasn't what they said originally, but they you know, changed their mind. Uh, so yeah, so the mortgage offer they are prepared to give me is now based on a price £5,000 less than, than I was expecting. And just to complicate matters further, separately from this, they also decided that because I've got some other loans with them, they decided their, their exposure risk was too high to me and they were only going to offer me 65% loan to value rather than 75%. So I've had two hits to put extra cash into this, this property. I've gone from expecting a 75% loan to value mortgage to expecting a 65% loan to value mortgage on a lower valuation. So, so yeah, mortgage valuations suck. It's painful. It's a pain. <laughs> it's painful. Yeah. And, and thankfully, I, I am in a position to be able to put a little bit more money in. But if I wasn't, this would have been a sale fallen through after about three months of, of process. And yeah, it's, it's not good, really, is it? And this is before all the recent crazy market turmoil as well. This, um, the, the bulk of this happened before that. But Yeah, oh. that's right. And we touched on that last week, you know, that kind of turmoil and stuff. And it's these things where, you know, we don't know if it's banks communicating with surveyors, you know, setting out criteria that you know, my, my gut tells me that's that's kind of what happens. But also surveyors obviously limiting their risk stroke exposure to banks because I guess they're on the hook, so to speak, if they get something wrong. Indeed. And of course, that, that ultimate cover is is the basis of, I think, your your story <laughs> in, in this area. Uh, and I don't know, was it the surveyor or was it the, the bank that, that decided they were, were going to make the, the ultimate cover and protect themselves? <laughs> <laughs> so just to recap, so I mentioned this briefly on last week's episode, but we have a property that, um, that we value around uh, 160000 and we, we think that's a reasonable price. The, the yield is just under sort of 10%. But it's a really central location. Doesn't get more central in in my sort of investment area. Uh, we put in valuation. I mentioned last week we've been we were waiting over six weeks for the valuation to come back. When it finally came back, all it read was nil valuation, i.e., it's not worth anything. Not even worth knocking the bricks down and selling the bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my first, obviously, my first reaction isn't isn't able to be published on a family friendly podcast. But my second reaction was, they've already got lending on this building, so <laughs> that, that's particularly ridiculous. Then, <laughs> so what valuer says I'm going to go back to lender and say this this property is worth nothing, even though you've got, you know, around a hundred k's worth of you know, lending on the property already. So that, that for me makes it even more nonsensical. When I then put my professional hat on, <laughs> after dropping quite a few expletives with family members and the broker, I said, look, can we get a copy of the valuation? Of course you can't. You know, you just because you pay for it doesn't mean you get access to see it. After that, that, it really just came back that these are the value, valuer's comments 
based on the lender's criteria. Now, at this stage, I should probably say it's, it's not a straightforward property, but in many ways it really is. Essentially, it's a terraced house, two-bedroom house, but there is, there's a communal doorway. So you go in through, so, so it would have been at some stage in its life, it would have been one property that someone just split the title into two because it, it was easy to do because you had a nice hallway, left-hand side of two-bedroom house, right-hand side two-bedroom house, and what was number, I'm just going to say number one, is now number one and 1A. Okay, and I've seen it many times before. You've, so you've got a communal hallway, but of course you've got your own front doors, obviously. And there is a communal courtyard, so that it's, it's, okay, it's right in the centre of town. There's no garden. It's, it's like plumb in the middle. We've used it as a student property for some time. But anyway, th- just giving you that context. So, so it's not as straightforward as just a two-bed house. So there's a couple of things. So it came back that, the, that it was uh, a nil valuation based on current lender's rec- uh, criteria. So obviously my response was, you might need to check that because the lender has already loaned yeah, £100,000 on it. And then it came back and said, no, we, we can't value it because there's a communal, uh, a communal front door, a communal courtyard. And so, I, <laughs> so my response to that was, does that mean that all of the flats and apartments in this country are suddenly worth nothing? Because that's, that's what we're saying. We're saying that if you've got a communal entry or a communal garden, that the property can't be worth anything. You know, just. Of course, we've had to reword it slightly more than that. And I suppose to the, to the bank's credit, once we did contest those elements, it came back with a valuation. Now, the Lord doth giveth and the Lord taketh away because they came back and said, yep, we agree. The valuation is £160,000. Uh, and, you know, mini fist bump. But as we know in property, you can't, uh, you can't celebrate for long because the, the second half of the sentence was, we do value it as 160000 However, we believe the market rental value for this property is around £700 a month, which doesn't meet the criteria for us to loan on this property. Now, let's just remember once again, that uh, again, we shared last week that I had another mortgage declined for spurious reasons. And this feels very spurious to me because... I said, well, okay, but we've been getting around £1,100 of rent on this for, for over four years. And we have the rental agreements and, of course, the history to show that. So that was my second appeal. And the appeal came back and said, okay, but we can only increase our valuers' market rent figure by 10%. And that still doesn't meet our affordability criteria. So we can't provide, a, can't provide you with a mortgage at this time. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, have you got? You say you've got this rented out to students. Is it as a, a student HMO? Essentially, yes, but it's just a two bed, so two separate beds. T- to be fair, it's usually the two people know each other. But yes, we could have two independent people in there. Okay, but so in actual fact, it doesn't even does it actually qualify as an HMO with only two people. I don't think it does. No, because it's usually three or more. Okay, so. Is this an HMO mortgage product that you uh, were applying for? As in, has the valuer just gone in and said, it's a buy-to-let product, I'm going to give you a, a buy-to-let valuation? No, I think, I think we went in as HMO. I think it went in as an HMO because I'm pretty sure that was on the application. Okay, so, so that, that makes sense. Then why has the valuer 
given such a ridiculously different valuation to, as in rental valuation, I mean, compared to what you're actually receiving. That's that's crazy. This is where I get really angry because, I mean, I'm, I'm angry at the start because they've just given this nil valuation and I think that's a dereliction of duty right there. But if I do put my professional hat on, I think, well, okay, there may well be lender criteria that now come in that have said if there is a house with a communal entry point or a rare entry, uh, communal entry point, I kind of get that, you know, I can, I can kind of understand it, but not when you, when you already <laughs> loan amounts on it. But this part where you're valuing the rent at 50% less than the current rate and calling it a market rate, I, don't, I just don't see anywhere where you can defend that because it's like, well, you're saying this is a market rate. Well, no, I've got people, they are the market. The people living there right now are the market. And for the last four years, we haven't actually changed the rent on this property. For the last four years, it's been the same. So that only takes me back to the cynical point of you just don't want a loan on this property. And this is your reason. At at which point I say, well, most of us in professional land, okay, fine. We we can't be uber transparent everywhere. But yeah, don't don't give us this sort of flannel because it just makes professionals look like idiots, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it does seem like it must just be as you say concocted to to create the result that they are looking for so so have you accepted defeat <laughs> well yes I, i'm now genuinely thinking about whether or not i should just sell the property and you know there is there is equity in it there's you know at the at the current lending to mark my market value valuation at least it's it's got to be around 60 to 65 percent so you know i am considering it and not not just for those reasons but also it's been one of those properties it's been quite painful for the last couple of years so we had a kind of roof collapse on it we've had to redecorate we've had an insurance claim on it it's had quite a lot gone wrong with it so the, the counter argument is, well, we've probably invested what we needed to invest in it now for two years. So fingers crossed it, it should just settle down for a few. So I don't really want to sell it. So I don't think I'm going to go down that route. But it, I'm just saying it's a consideration. Clearly on nil valuations and valuers' comments, all we can do is appeal. But we know that 99% of the time that those appeals will fall on deaf ears. But my view is that I said to the broker, look, because he was saying, look, he was saying, you know, it's not really going to go anywhere. I said, I know, but I ha- I really want to respond out of principle. Okay, call call that uh, call that stubborn or pig-headedness if you like. But I just needed to to get something back in writing, which we did. I think I will look at a third option because at the moment, again, we're on the standard variable rate on this property, so it's not fun against the mortgage. No, and it's going to be getting less fun as time goes on at the moment. Yeah. So are you looking at other mortgage providers? Would you look at other mortgage providers to to try and provide a a second mortgage or would you be looking to remortgage the whole thing to another provider? Yeah, I think we'll just look at a a new provider. I just need to check on the early redemption charges, which I think we're out of because obviously we're on the SVR on one. So I'm assuming we're out on that part and then just yeah go to another provider. But as we've said on on previous podcasts and, and as we know in the current environment, that's not as... That's not as easy as it once was, and the products aren't as attractive as they once were. No, indeed. And I mean, at the moment, we're, we're in the aftermath of some drastic 
I don't know, shocks, perhaps I'll say. And and perhaps there's an argument for, for not trying to apply for anything right now and perhaps waiting a little bit for things to calm down more. But at the same time, is it the case that the longer you wait, the more the interest rates go up? Mm. <laughs> a difficult balancing act there, I think. Yeah. So do you have any other updates or anything else going on in, in your property world? Well, interestingly, I mean, I work with a couple of investor clients and we've, we've been putting offers in. We've had one cash offer accepted, which was about 10% under asking, which we're really pleased with. And that's, that property was around a little while. A really nice property, five bed, five en suite. So, so why do you think it's worth 10% less than their asking price? Well, again, it's, 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 it's value, isn't it? It's a guide price and an asking price doesn't mean that's what it's worth. It's, it's, again, it comes back to what the market's willing to pay. And it just so happens in this scenario, the client's in a cash buying position. And I think that changes things. The fact that it's been on the market for at least six to eight weeks means that if it was truly the, the, the value that it's that's on the sticker, then it, then it wouldn't be sitting here. Because again, I've been active in the market for six months and things are moving really quickly. So, so 290 wasn't the right price. And the offer we put in is much closer and more aligned with what the current yields are of the property. So I think actually it's a fair price, uh, even fairer considered that you know the investor is a truly cash purchaser and will be able to move really, really quickly. The, the, and that's a bonus for the client because they get to move on, or the vendor rather, because they, they get to, to move on really quickly. And from, from the investor's perspective, if that goes through quickly, they get an immediately income providing property and as touched on recently, his cash is not attracting much interest right now. And this property will give him in the region of 6.5 to 7% return on his cash annually. So that's much better than what he was getting in the bank. So, so everyone wins in that case. We are also looking at a, a commercial property, which we've put an offering on actually. Uh, so there's only so much detail I will share at this stage, but it's a, it's a commercial property with essentially what is an empty shell above the property and you were laughing at me pre-record button because you can't actually get up to the residential element of the property because there are no stairs so part of the project would be to build some stairs because that would help yeah i mean i'm just boggling i mean as we were saying before recording as to how a property ends up in that state i mean who i mean did it have stairs before and someone actually said you know what I don't think I need to get to the top two floors of this building anymore. I'll knock these stairs down. Or or, or did the stairs crumble on their own of their own accord? I mean <laughs> how how? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you're asking the wrong guy because I've put an offer in, but we haven't actually been to see the I've looked at the outside of the property. I've had a walk around, which is a long walk because it's on a high street, so you have to look at the front and then walk around the back. But for anyone that's thinking I have truly lost my mind. I am going to the property with my builder and his team very soon. So we will get a ladder and get up the stairs and, and have a look around. But it's, it's, a, it's a really potentially very good project. One that personally I want to do because I'm interested in commercial. I want to, to understand more about commercial. Number two, the numbers are looking good. And it too could provide instant income, obviously subject to the, the works that needs to be done because the commercial element is already let and it has a long term a long term lease on it so 
I will be more than happy to share more about numbers on that as and when things progress. But in terms of at the moment, I can't share too many specifics, but that's they're, they're the main things at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't think you need to share any more than the fact that there's no stairs to get up to the, the top of the building. I mean, that's just, <laughs> just that, that that is its key feature for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we could just do away with the stairs, just build a lift. I mean, maybe that's the way to go. We just uh, just put just put a, a standard lift in or a, a standard chair lift. <laughs> well, don't they need a staircase to run up, though? Yeah, although maybe they just attach them to the wall. Maybe you don't really need the the, the actual stairs there. Might might be a safety issue. <laughs> well, which reminds me, and I digress slightly, but one of the student properties I've got, which is they're quite big, it was a six and seven bed thick together. When I walked around with one of the letting agents, he he suggested that I put in a fireman's pole to go from because it was a three floor property. So only the listeners that stick it out on this podcast get to hear the real juicy stuff because those of you that have stuck around for this long, well, first of all, congratulations, well done. But basically the letting agent suggested that I put a a fireman's pole from the third floor to the first floor because he said, I quote, that would be fun for the students. And (laughs) I remember... Less fun for you as you get sued for all the... uh... Yeah. <laughs> the injuries. I, I remember looking back at him and just saying, do, do you think I'd be able to get any insurance cover for at, l- at least 13 students if I have a fireman's pole in the house? So I really like the idea of doing something differently. But as as Meatloaf once said, I won't do that. Did you ever read the Magic Faraway Tree books uh, as a kid or, or to your kids or anything? No, I didn't. No, okay. So in in the magic faraway tree, it's a it's obviously a magic tree, and the kids climb up to the top and very tall and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Not, not going to try and recap the stories, but one of the features is that from one of the sort of homes at the top, it says a slide that s- spirals down the inside of the tree and and spits you out at the bottom. Now a slide that's going to be a lot safer than a than a fireman's pole. So so is there space for a slide? A nice, nice, <laughs> tight spiralling slide, maybe? Well, well, no, maybe if it goes outside of the building, a bit like an AquaZoom. But again, I don't really have the funds for, for that kind of development <laughs> on the property, and nor do I have the, uh, the, the stomach for the levels of insurance I'd need to fork out to cover it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a slide would, would be safe. I'm sure, I'm sure no insurance company would mind a slide. I mean. <laughs> well, I, I think... The slide issue should bring this podcast to a close. And as always, if you have enjoyed any of these topics of conversation, even the ramblings, please do leave us a rating and review. Feel free to follow us at BIZ of Property on Twitter. And other than that, we'll see you on the next episode.